You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. You know, Mary, the way I judge how things are going in this country is all about memes on Facebook. That's where I get my information. <laughs> What a simple, simple way to do it. It is, but very effective. And I'll tell you the one I saw most often yesterday after uh, the testimony at the House Committee was one of the officers from the Capitol Police lined up. uh, They had their hands up, so they're apparently taking like an oath. And it said on the memes, I'm with them. I'm oh. with them. Oh, isn't that, that interesting? That's very good. And one of mine is, or one of the ones I saw was not from a Trumpy person, but from a friend who tends to be, uh, what I, I'm going to say conservative, I think that's roughly it, t- would, would generally post things like uh, Blue Lives Matter, kind of that, that view of things. I think the Republicans have lost and they don't know it yet unless they've been looking at memes on Facebook because there's going to be much testimony. Many things are going to go on. I think that committee's going to go on for a very long time, but I don't think anything will be as powerful as the officers uh, telling about what happening happened to them. And for me, the one saying he looked up and said to the terrorists coming in the room and notice they called them terrorists a lot. He said, I have kids, please. He didn't say the rest of this, but the implication was don't kill me now. That's, I think, the image that's going to stay with us. Yeah, I mean, the testimony was so powerful and so emotional. Even I found myself choking up a couple times, particularly when... Um, the officer Dunn, I think is his name. And yes. he's the black guy testifying about um, being called the, the N-word, which he said right out there. And I did notice that um, this morning the networks were not broadcasting what he said, but last night they were. Yep. There must be like the difference in the time that the broadcast is on. But... Um, I found that very powerful because I didn't, um, or we just don't live in a world where people talk like that or would, would throw that um, insult at someone. But there in that place, and even one of the other officers was talking about how racially charged the whole event was. And although we may have suspected that, hearing it stated, I thought was very powerful just to get us a sense about who those folks were. Because I think over time, what, you know, the rewriting of history or the retelling of it has been, well, one, it wasn't that bad. And two, they were patriots. I mean, maybe, you know, it got on a hand, but they didn't really mean anything. They just believed that Trump had been robbed. Therefore, they were, you know, there to make a historical wrong right. And yesterday, you got a very different sense about what happened. But, you know, the thing that was clear, and there's several parts that you're bringing up we ought to discuss, but the thing that was clear 
is one officer after another said that the people told them President Trump told us to come here. One guy said he invited us to to come here. Uh, there was no question whatsoever, uh, in case Jim Jordan and others are still worried about this, that these were MAGA people. They were not Black Lives Matter. They were not Antifa. They weren't anything else. And they didn't just come out of some, you know, little motivation themselves of maybe we'll go and see the Capitol and see what happens. They came there because, as the one guy said, uh, somebody hired a hitman and sent us. That's what it was. Right. Yeah, I thought that, too, was really intriguing how much, uh, or at least from their testimony, um, how clearly the insurrectionists felt that they were there at the direction of Donald Trump. And I think that ran the, runs the gamut because we've talked about the like Oath Keepers and those folks, and they were organized. And then the ones that were just there and following along. And I think that um, the thing they all had in common were, where they there was no distinction between any of these folks is they were, the folks were there because they truly believed that Trump wanted them there. Trump wanted them to disrupt the election and they wanted Trump to stay president. And this was their last shot to do it. And you felt that in the testimony, what I think I was overcome by, even though watching the video, I shouldn't have been, is the the violence, the sheer terror involved in it. And I think when the guys were talking about how they were, you know, one, two, three hours fighting without relief, it never really occurred to me, because I've never been in that situation before, that you can't physically and mentally stay in the battle that long, that you need relief from it, and that they would have assumed even the one you know the ones who were military trained that someone would come in and relieve them so they could get to what they were describing kind of as a a medical room where they could go back get the chemicals off their faces take a breath before they'd go back into the battle so there's just their description of how that went on for those multiple hours, all of which we watched, right? <laughs> but even watching it live on TV I had no idea how bad it was. And it does beg the question why there was no, the National Guard was not sent in, why it took so long for the National Guard to get sent in. And I, I do think it's one of the most um, important questions for them to answer that has not been answered yet. And also, were uh, who was funding the, um, you know, the Oath Keepers and all that? Because there is allegation out there that they were being funded by some uh, big, I don't know, Trump necessarily, but Trump supporters in some way. Um, and I think those are really, really significant issues. Well, they are. And on your first point, uh I think one one of the big, big questions that needs to be asked to Donald Trump, I don't know that this committee, actually I doubt that they're going to try and subpoena him. I think they should, but should be asked to him is, okay, 
we had an attack on the Capitol for the first time since 1812. You were still the commander in chief. You were in charge. Tell us in detail what acts of leadership you did. What went on within those hours? And if the answer, frankly, which I think is the truthful answer is, you sat and watched television, then there's really only two, two possibilities. One is you totally abdicated your role of leadership and you showed that at a moment of crisis, you were not willing to do anything. Either that or you wanted these people to go into the Capitol. And so you intentionally uh, made certain that there was no support from the National Guard. None of that took place. And either one of those answers should qualify you for last place in the ranking of presidents. Because you, <laughs> I mean, it's but just, you I don't think anyone has ever done anything as bad as that. So I think that it's interesting um, the way you put that, because I think both are true. I think both he wanted um, the um, insurrectionists, the terrorists to get into the Capitol. I, I think in his like wacky TV scripted way of looking the world of like, oh, this will be cool and they'll get in there and then pencil change his mind. And then when it started to happen and the people around him were saying, you got to stop this. He was so busy watching TV. He was no different than us, right? <laughs> He's like watching it on television and, um, and either didn't want or didn't believe that he was the one with the power to stop it. So I think that in both instances, the truth of those things is totally disqualifying for him to be president in the future. I, I wonder sometimes whether the second impeachment was ill-timed. I knew they had to do it for historical purposes, but is there another way to disqualify him from running in the future? I guess going to jail would be one. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, th I think those, that issue actually of what Trump did is interesting I heard this morning that the DOJ is in, I mean, not sorry, the DOJ, the White House is not going to exert executive privilege for the people working at the White House at the time so they can testify. So that's very interesting because the, the president could, President Biden could have asserted um, executive privilege on Trump's behalf. In other words, people working at the White House are not going to be allowed to testify about what happened that day. So somebody is going to come forward. I know not everybody who's talked to the book writers will, um, but I think we'll get some testimony um, about what Trump was doing because all of these things, and this is, I think, John, what the Republicans were so afraid of from these hearings all of these things is going to demonstrate the weak and pathetic leader that Trump really was. And if that's true, then whose ass have they been kissing after all? Yeah, you're exactly right. And, you know, it sticks in my mind that for three years, the first three years of the presidency, I know you and I said frequently, he's wacky, uh, everything's crazy, he's incompetent, but thank God no major crisis 
has come up, which it didn't in those first few years. He kind of coasted, coasted along. And then uh, COVID happens and he shows himself incapable of managing that. And as the books have come out, we see how much he just could never even get his mind on it. Uh, I will forever have in my mind uh, the day he proposes putting the bleach and the Lysol into people through whatever hole you can figure out. And the look on, uh, oh, what was her name? Deborah, Debbie, the, Debbie Burks. Yeah. Debbie Burks face. That's one. He faced one of the major crises, uh, you know, certainly within our lifetimes and for longer beyond that. And he failed. And then there was an attack on the Capitol. He faced it and he failed. And I agreed with you. I uh, agree with you that he was really pretty happy. And, you know, there were preliminary reports that he was uh, getting excited as he watched that. They've tried to deny that uh, uh, since. But it's there. I, the interesting thing about watching it, it turns out none of these poor Republican Congress people have a television. Like none of them watch the hearings. Yeah, I think that's really disgraceful. And I also heard, I didn't see it because I don't watch Fox News, but that um, on Fox last night, maybe some of the other OAN, Newsmax, they were claiming that those um, officers were crisis actors. They were giving them like awards, you know, <laughs> best cry or whatever. How disgraceful is that? I, I think they give up so much of whatever moral authority they have left when they don't take seriously, they can say, listen, that's not our view of what happened. And we don't want to be a part of this because we know it's being done just to hurt us in the midterms. Those are all political answers. But to denigrate and to uh, mock those very genuine guys, and you know how you know they're like real human beings? Because they couldn't help say the off, the off statement. Like, the, the guy who the, says, let's go to Trump's house? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then he comes back and apologizes. I thought to myself, that's something I would have said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I want some of those hugs and kisses. Yeah, absolutely. But I think you know that the Republicans are out of, uh, I was going to call it, not alibis, out of explanations. Uh, both when you get to the point that the best answer you can give is, oh, I, I was busy. I didn't get a chance to watch it. But also when the big story you're going to give is Nancy Pelosi did it. And that went the night before Trump had said that, that day Kevin McCarthy said it, uh, several uh, Republicans came on air, and that was all their unified talking point was this was Nancy Pelosi's uh fault the convoluted logic to even get to there is going to escape most americans it doesn't make any sense anyway in favor of a picture of the capitol police and a phrase i'm with them that's the story not nancy pelosi it is it's it's really a good one well you know what i don't understand is or I, mean, I don't want to say I don't understand. They did that hearing yesterday, and now they're going to recess. I suspect the reason they did the hearing yesterday with those four guys is to not allow the Republicans to continue to claim the narrative that it wasn't a big deal. 
So when they come back and reconvene, these discussions will have happened and people will be ready for the why. That was my suspicion about why they rushed to get those four guys on before they recessed. So we'll see about that. I think it's a good conclusion and it gets us ready to almost move into August. Oh my goodness. Time, time just goes fast when you're having hearings. <laughs> All right. Talk to, talk to you later. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.